Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Even at like seven, I was very cheap, and I'm like, I'm gonna have this this shirt for a long time. I can't even comprehend this question. I wouldn't want land. I wouldn't want animals. I don't want any of that. I don't want scenery. I don't want space. No, it didn't look like... I don't like, want open spaces at all. It didn't look like there was a... within miles of that place. I'm out. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Back to the 5 o'clock hour. Finish up what you were saying about six wins. Being favored in only six games doesn't mean that you're going to win six games. Yeah, I mean, it could mean less. I mean, the, the total is eight and a half for a reason. There's, there's, Even though they're only favored in six games, there's, I think, five or six games that are between one and two point spreads either way, which are essentially toss-up spots. So, um, yeah, eight and a half is the more, you know, important. None of the numbers are important. I mean, you can go way over, way under. It doesn't matter. But in terms of looking at how many games they may win, uh, win probability would play it out uh, as you if you really do the calculations on it that eight and a half would be the proper win total. And that's based on, you know, a game that you're a massive underdog in. You might only be like 20% to win. If you're a big favorite, you're 80% to win it. But if you're like 53%, 47% each way, that plays it out differently. So eight and a half is the more telling number in terms of what is expected of the team. Your numbers explanation does not measure up to throwing out a statement that would suggest the Raiders are just going to suck. Not as sexy, my sure. friend. Exactly. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. I can recognize a troll every once in a while. I like to take the bait to give out the explanation. So the NBA Draft Combine is set. And I'm sure there's going to be some players who have to drop out for various reasons. But that's coming up on May 17th. And we were looking through all the names from around uh, Vegas or the Mountain West Conference. Uh, These players are invited. There's 76 people invited. And there could be some more from the G League. You know, we're already kind of loosely tied to the NBA. Very much tied to the NBA. Uh, On the list, Vegas or Mountain West Conference who are in... Combine again, 76 names Jaden Hardy, Orlando Robinson, both the conference and from Las Vegas, the Fresno Center, David Roddy, CSU's power forward, and Julian Strother, who's playing at Gonzaga but is a Vegas native. Sure. Not, not invited to the combine. Emmanuel Acott from Boise, Nathan Mensa, San Diego State, Hunter Maldonado, Wyoming's uh, older point guard. Jalen House, the little guard from New Mexico. Justin Bean, who's about 26 years old from Utah State. Uh, Donovan Williams, not invited to the combine, but does have some workouts coming up. So there's a little momentum building for him. And no Bryce Hamilton. And I did notice on the list was, uh, you know, one of my favorite players. Went to my school. Just led them to a nice resurgence. Ron Harper Jr., the son of the, uh, I think, five or six time NBA champion. Ron Harper I'm here to say I think Bryce Hamilton's a better player than Ron Harper. Yeah, and listen, it's I know this is a weird concept and like as an NBA it, prospect, I actually think I think Bryce Hamilton can play point guard. Maybe, but I mean, I'm, when I'm you say, guessing he's measuring at six three. 
Um, I think he can play point guard. Uh, and Harper, I think is, he's a really good basketball player. He's he's undersized, and as I pointed out to you off the air, he's a, he's a thick fella. His dad was like wiry thin. Um, he's got to be a lot more dedicated to his conditioning because uh, there was a video out the other day that hey, you know, he's getting in good shape after his college career. He's lost 13 pounds, down to 247. 247 means he was playing at 6'5 and 260 in college. So I think I think Bryce is a pro basketball prospect. I think he has a chance to make the NBA down the road. I don't know that he has to be invited to the combine, but I think no. at the back end of that combine, there's going to be a lot of guys who get lopped off who are pretty close to the guys who are there. Yeah, and I think just going back to your, I think he's a better player than him. Like better player doesn't matter at all in the NBA. Uh, they're looking for certain well, that's attributes. Why quick, that's why I quickly changed it to I think he's he's as good or better a pro prospect because I actually think he can play the point in the NBA. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they're, you know, who knows how, what, if, if a guy has to change positions, is it beneficial to be there? Or is it beneficial to kind of show them that privately in individual workouts? Like what works out better for you? Right. Um, there's a lot of those arguments to be had. And uh, basketball is a sport in particular. I mean, I guess it's all sports, but people talk about like, oh, one-on-one. Who could we one-on-one? Like it really doesn't no matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, it's not a, like you can have, you, there's guys out there that have never sniffed the NBA that could beat most NBA players one-on-one. And that sounds very weird to people. It's very tough to process, maybe on a, um, you know, on a certain level. But that's just how it is. Like it's not a one-on-one game. There's certain attributes teams are looking for, certain things you're looking for out of players, and and that will translate well from college to the NBA or from a different or from Europe to the NBA, wherever. Like there's just different things that teams look for than just who's the best player. Number four, Reds win today. They've actually. Played some pretty good baseball. We were laughing at them for the longest time. They had lost 19 of 20. They had their uh, horse's ass owner's son saying, you know, where else are you going to go? And said, you know, basically, we can't compete. Even after a lockout, we can't compete in the current economic climate of baseball and, and threatened his own fans with moving, which is just a horrific thing to do. Well, they're playing a little bit of baseball. They just took a series from the Brewers today. They won 14 to 11. Um, you know, they run specials just like everyone else. And... Mo Egger, who was actually on that interview with uh, the Castellini kid um, and does local radio, does national radio, uh, he said, I love the Reds. I love coming to a Great American Ballpark. But if you're advertising $3 beers and $2 hot dogs on Tuesdays, you can't run out of both in the top of the fourth inning. I mean, it's annoying under normal circumstances. There's less than 10,000 people going to the games. Yeah. If you coax some of them to come to the game for some cheap how do you run out with less than 10,000 people there? Well, you plan to. That's that's the answer. Yeah. That's intentional. There's no question. Well, it's either intentional or incompetence. No, it's intentional. Okay. It's absolutely intentional. Now, one update on the story. Uh, this tweet was sent out during the game, and it actually did prompt some change because they did start selling bigger beers for $3. There you so, go. That, so mission accomplished, but that should not happen. No. Especially in a very tenuous situation with the fans where you've already pissed them off by trading away most of the recognizable players and having your owner say, basically, screw off. Right. But and then not, you can't even deliver on your food it, and beer specials. You're saying it's tenuous. It's not tenuous. They don't believe it is. Like, where are you going to go? He just doesn't get it. That, they don't care. And it's And that's true. the greatest point. And, that, and I say that all the time because for the supposed markets that can't survive, they don't need crowds. No. They get... $200 million off the top from baseball. In fact, they probably don't want you. 
That's interesting. Like, what you, it costs more to. We have to staff. We have to staff this whole place. And people, just don't come. We, we'll yeah. take our money from everybody else. We'll make our money from TV and from all the other teams and their revenue, and we can employ less people and buy less beer and buy less hot dogs, and it'll be better for us. Number three. I saw a tweet uh, today from uh, Media Watchdog locally, and he's had a, a bunch of uh, paying jobs in town. Uh, our buddy Tony Cordasco who said, I realize George McPhee doesn't respect the local VGK media. Well, I'll get you to comment that in a second. Uh, but he should at least have the decency to do a local market uh, presser. He only talks to the Canadian press. Is any of that accurate? Well, does he not respect select members of yes, the local media? That's true. Okay. Well, I mean, it does say local VGK media. So they're kind of, that would kind of roll you in as you feel like you have a good relationship with those guys. Well, not McPhee. No, McPhee took. There's multiple reasons McPhee took the job by moving up. Yeah. One of them is he doesn't want to do this. He, he doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to talk. Yeah. He'll do his like he'll talk to his friends that he's had for a long time. Uh, he'll talk to some of the national guys that he's known for 30, 40 years. Right. But he doesn't want to want to on a weekly or monthly basis sit around talk to reporters or do press conferences or that conference that Kelly McCrimmon did last week. Like that. That's he hates that. He doesn't want to do that. He wants more friendly. He doesn't want to be combative. In like a setting like that, like McCrimmon was more than willing to do. Right. Um, he doesn't want to do that. So like there was reasons. Like of course they didn't want McCrimmon to leave. They wanted to keep him around. McPhee wanted to do, uh, you know, less on a daily basis of, in terms of dealing with these sorts of things. And he got to stay around, still be a part of the organization and run things, but not have to do all this stuff. And yeah, he does his couple of interviews a year that he wants to do, and that's fine. And but is there certain members of the media that the team thinks are buffoons and doesn't want to deal with? Yes. The answer is yes. But that is not unique to the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm, yes and no. It's not. I mean, you don't think there's there's people, you know, at UNLV who think certain media people are buffoons or there's sure. some targets the Raiders well, have where they're like, I don't want to deal with this person? Las Vegas. It's not unique to the Golden Knights. I think it's it's somewhat unique to Las Vegas. Oh, it's I, don't, not- I, don't, I don't think that's the case either. I think you can, if you, you need to, okay, keep going. Because because it's a it's a very new pro sports market, a lot of people. It is. Well, so what would that? What does that have to do with you? Well, a lot. Uh, well, a lot. Well, a lot of people started covering sports that aren't actually they don't have any qualification or it's like fans that decided like I'm going to start writing about the team and I'm going to be actually part of the media core right in certain ways. Like listen, listen. Make a run for it, folks. Dare to dream. Let's do it. Sure. Or whatever, I'm not going to say what I was about to say right there. Um, yeah. There there are certain people that are, like, sitting there asking questions of people mm-hmm. that literally are, like, normal people, have a job. Like, a normal job. It's not a bad thing. No, not necessarily. The normies? But- wow, Adam really looking, kind of looking down on people there. Well. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Moving, moving on, McPhee actually did do some media. He did a podcast in Canada and our vast sound crew pulled some of the bites. I uh, thought this was kind of interesting in terms of him just talking about the process because this is, to me, this feels weird that there was some discord, a clear discord between the front office, you know, upstairs and Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer made some smart aleck remarks. Um, Pete DeBoer doesn't have any guarantee that he's coming back. I mean, it's generally when clubs are ready to move on, like Barry Trotz, I mean, that, that actually took a couple of days too, but like Barry Trotz is available. He's out. They, they, you get fired. You know, there's generally a whatever, a Black Monday, Tuesday. When, whenever the season ends, the coach is gone three days later. Well, 
right now we're still in the situation. We don't know who the, the coach is going to be. Is it DeBoer or not? So here's McPhee just kind of talking through what's been going on in the process. Did you literally take four or five days saying, listen, we're going to everybody go their own way for five days or how have you managed it? It's only been 10 days since the regular season ended. Well, you have to get to the players uh, quickly. And so Kelly has met with uh, all the players, had extensive exit interviews. And then Kelly has met with the, the coaches twice now. And then he and I will, uh, we're meeting this week and then we'll meet with Bill by the end of the week or next week. And then we'll sort of have that part of our analysis that we've got to still sit with our analytics group and, and so on. But it takes uh, several weeks sometimes to get through it. Interesting. What do you think of that? We did hear several weeks. Analytics crews coming not, up. Not, next. not usually. I mean, that, but listen, that was part of the issue that we know with Gallant, right? That we've talked about that. He didn't want to listen to the analytics crew and he didn't want to hear what they had to say. And the team did. The organization did. They care about what the analytics group has to say, which I respect. I think that's great. Um, you would think it wouldn't take that long. I, I, I think that's this is a cover for other things. Who's going to be available? Who's going to be out there? Who can we get uh, if we do move on? And and by the way, I think that is that is as much as it's not conventional, and I think people don't love it, and it's not really fair to you know say Pete DeBoer. Like this is something that teams should do more often. Because it's not just about firing coaches. Like when you move on from a coach, it's not just firing coach, it's who you hire. And if you are gonna if you're gonna get rid of somebody, you better have an idea of who you want, or you better have an idea of who you think you can get in place, because it's not necessarily gonna be better. Yeah, we've been through that before in other coaching searches around Las Vegas. Sure. Uh, Bob McCown podcast with GM, GM, former GM, GM. Now he's upstairs, uh, further upstairs, George McPhee and uh they ask him the, the question that we were just kind of throwing out there, like, hey, what about DeBoer? Is he involved in all this? Is Peter involved in any of them? He has his own interviews with the okay. players, so they get all through that. <clears throat> Kelly, I, I believe, met with the coaches before the, they interviewed the players, before Kelly interviewed the players, and then they get together with the coaches after. And there's, there's a lot to be learned. Short and sweet. There's a lot to be learned. Don't you, don't, does everybody out there wish that he did this more? <laughs> To your point, he doesn't want to do it. No. So it's not a matter of, uh, you know, respect or not. There are, just some, there are some people, they don't like doing it in, in sports administration. And like you said, McCrimmon is okay doing it. And, you know, based on what happened he last week. He doesn't love it either. No, no. But based on last week, he also doesn't mind going back and forth with people. And if you want to go at him, he, he's got the chops. He'll go back at you. Sure. Not no, everyone he, likes to do that. No, they don't. And clearly, clearly McPhee doesn't. I mean, he might behind the scenes. He doesn't like to do it publicly. But so. you do think they're part of this process is to see who may be available. I think so. I, I think that I would, I would hope so. Again, not. It's not. You have to look at it multiple ways. From from Pete DeBoer's perspective, this is garbage. This sucks. What are you doing? I mean, I've asked you repeatedly if uh, you know he's a coveted coach. At some point, does he just say, you know? Yeah, I'm out, man. Yeah, that's that's. The I'm other... going here. Like he agrees to a deal and just leaves. Again, sometimes when we talk about things, we're talking about it from one perspective. From the team's perspective, it's smart. Of hey, we've still got this guy. He's a coveted coach. He's a really good coach. We're gonna hold on to him as long as we can. And if we want to make a move, we can do it whenever we want to down the road. To his perspective, what the hell? I, I, I you're putting me behind the eight ball in terms of all these other you know jobs are gonna start moving, and I'm gonna be stuck here wondering if I'm here or not. Like it sucks for his from his perspective, but it's probably pretty pretty prudent on the Raiders or the uh, Golden Knights side. Number two, jumping ahead to the Raiders, Raiders related. 
I saw Unique Ngakwe in an interview said uh, about being moved from the Raiders to the Colts and being replaced by Chandler Jones. They'll see how I feel when we play them. We go to their house. They'll see why they effed up. They'll pay. That's where we are. Ngakwe, that's where we are. You're now the enemy. Is that what he's supposed to say? I don't think you have to say it. I think you can think it, but whatever. It's good uh, bulletin board fodder for him. I don't think anyone on the Raiders is going to care. No, I'm, I, I mean, I think if we're, if everybody's being, you know, mature about it, like you, you can find anything to to use. Like, yeah, let, now, now when you play him, are you going to block harder? Like, like no, it's, it's it's silly, but uh, it's a long running tradition of you don't think they go finding. Like, you don't think they go like Jordan Poole and like yank on his knee to take him out of the game, or like send four blockers to him, let everybody else make sacks except for him, uh, and just be like, you're yeah, really, yeah, you're not going to get one. Like, it's come on. Um, what did they lose in Ngakwe and gain with Jones? One from the pass rush angle, but also run defense. I saw that your, your boy uh, Dubow sent out that uh, Ngakwe was 55th out of 55 edge rushers in run grade, yeah. according to PFF. Of course, Jones was 52nd. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, well, it's a, different, it's a different system, right? I mean, in, in, as much as when Patrick Grant came in and, and the Raiders' new regime took over – and they said, hey, it really doesn't matter. Structure doesn't matter. You guys are making too big of a deal if Ngakwe doesn't fit what we want to do. And then they went out and found somebody that fit more what they want to do and traded Ngakwe away th- three days later. Uh, it, it's more it's more fitting to their system. But, yeah, you're right. He was Ngakwe was a liability against the run, just like two years ago Max Crosby was a huge liability against the run. He got better in that regard for sure, way better, significantly better in that, in that realm. So you can't improve, you can't change, and it's a, a lot of where you're placed, right? I mean, th- they weren't really asking – Gakway to be that much of a um you know a factor he was coming in a lot of passing downs and um you know there was there were certain reasons for that now he's not great in general in that in that area uh so that's why they weren't asking to do a whole lot of it but he wasn't good against the run no question about it i think chandler jones is not much better as you pointed out the metrics will tell you that but he's not really going to be asked to do that either he's going to be lining up uh probably you know probably standing up or uh at, at the most you know, every once in a while with a hand in the ground and just going to get the quarterback. Like, that's probably what he's going to be asked to do here. Number one. Schedule release tomorrow. Primetime games for the Raiders. I'll go over under three and a half. Oof. Am I low? I think you're low. Well, it depends what you, also what you characterize as a primetime game. You're just saying Sunday and Monday night because there's Thursday. also there's also Thursday. There's also Christmas. I would I would make the argument Christmas and Thanksgiving yeah. are primetime games. Yeah. Um, I would say over. Last year they were over. Now one one was because they moved a game from Saturday. Well, Saturday was a primetime game technically to me anyway. Yeah. Um, to Monday with the COVID stuff in Cleveland. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be over because I think this division is going to have a lot of games that are that are nationally televised. There is the rumor out there right now. That I think a couple people have shot down, but Will Compton, former Raider, uh, said that Titans Raiders will be Christmas Day, one of the three games on Christmas Day. We only know one of them so far. Um, I fir- firmly believe the opener is going to be a primetime game against the Patriots at home. So, I mean, I think we're already getting to some pretty good numbers in terms of primetime spots. And, you know, I put it in my story today. I-, I would not underestimate this at all. If there's a tiebreaker to be had, I will promise you. That the networks and the people that the executives and the directors and everybody else that has any kind of say in this are like, let's go to Vegas. 
It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. And the one-two. at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. It's Cofield and Company. Aaron Judge with the walk-off, and uh, Yankees win again today. That was yesterday. Yankees win again today. I think they've won 15 to 17 now. Impressive. So 5 to 3 against the Blue Jays is uh, so far. Uh, Berrios for the Blue Jays has not been great. Gave up 5 and 2 and a third. Michael Kay. On the call of that walk-off by Judge, which I'm, which I'm correct. I think it was the first of his career. NBA right now, 58-52. Nine minutes left in the third. Boston on top of the Bucks. Bucks still without Chris Middleton. So we're just talking about schedule release day tomorrow for the NFL. Yep, the NFL has something going on like every day of the year. Uh, the way they work this thing out, they released a game or two every day this week to their partners. And tomorrow is a big schedule release, and that comes in waves as well we were just talking about how many primetime games are the Raiders going to get is there a chance that at least one of their matchups against the other three division rivals will be in primetime will they get a Chiefs a Chargers and a Broncos game in primetime no no Broncos oh I think it's very I think the Broncos are I think that's the one that has been most rumored the Broncos matchup um I would be surprised. I would think one when, against so all. So when is that? Because I saw a Broncos matchup that that was going to be the season opener, and then I see a lot of momentum lately that the Patriots are going to be season opener. I think Patriots will – again, this is all speculation and just trying to put some stuff together. I think the Broncos will be week two, uh, and then I think they also close the year with the Broncos potentially. Okay. Uh, Patriots, I still believe, is going to be week one primetime, either Sunday or Monday. Awesome storyline, right? Be great. Belichick going against his guys. Um, and so, like when I did, so I'll just say what I in my story today that I put out. I said any of the six matchups in the division is a very likely candidate. So I kind of ranked the ones outside the division most likely to be in prime time. Uh, obviously, the Patriots game, uh, the McDaniel's versus Belichick storyline hmm. uh, that makes a lot of sense, and that's why Week One, um, you know, I think opener prime time makes a ton of sense. They play the Forty ers this year at home. I mean that's that's the other one I looked at huge you know non division that could be the best candidate um, to get some primetime action in and 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 as you pointed out before the break you know the Vegas is the key part it's the home games sure they'll get some road games in primetime but the the advantage of being here is that you know the TV execs they want to be here it looks great Vegas has become such a big part of the NFL so my third most likely non division game uh, at Rams the bat you know old Rams Raiders Battle of L A back to SoFi. And obviously the Rams being a defending Super Bowl champion, they have a ton of primetime games anyway. That could be very well be. Um, at Steelers, there's a there's an, a bon- or there's a twist here. So I don't know how many people are aware of this or it's on their radar. December 23rd is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And so sometime around then, putting this game in primetime or in some sort of ISO spot would make a ton of sense uh, to kind of celebrate that moment. Uh, and I'm sure it would be great for TV and everything else. Uh, versus Colts, I think the the Colts obviously a contender that makes a lot of sense. Right. But 
the Ngakwe words might uh, inspire something. You're just, you're just looking for any kind of angle now. And the, the game against the Cardinals here in Vegas, also Chandler Jones against Kyler Murray, uh, you know, up against his own team. That would add some intrigue to that as well. And uh, Titans, uh, which I, you know, again, is rumored to be a Christmas Day game. That would make some sense too. When do tickets go on sale for like single game? I would assume right around now, right? If they're yeah, after not they're already an, out. After they're announced? Right, after they, I mean, well, they can't already be out. Um, but shortly after it announced, because that's what everyone's like in that sure. fervor, you know, the, the fever pitch. I think it's part of why you market this event of the schedule coming out so much is that people can do this. I mean, look, I know I, I know people personally who are sitting. I know I am. I mean, obviously, as media, it's different. Yeah. Like, I'll be sitting on my computer. I'll put a story out and then immediately start booking trips. I know people that do that, too. Like, I, I know people right now. And, of course, there's a couple of games in particular. I know people right now that are planning on sitting in front of their computer, taking the day off work tomorrow, sitting in front of their computer. As soon as the games are trickled out and released, they can't wait to buy tickets in New Orleans for Raiders Saints. Like people have been asking me, like, what's the date? What's the date? What's the date? I want to buy a ticket. I want to buy a ticket. Like that, that's what people do. And that's that's why the NFL, part of why the NFL has, has so grown into this, like the anticipation that people want to watch it on TV. They want to follow it online and, you know, talk about the NFL. And also they're going to start buying tickets. I already bought two Raiders home games. So we'll see if you can guess on the way back. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Also, I've had great experiences making movies there. I mean, leaving Las Vegas was great. Honeymoon in Vegas was great. Thank you. And there's good mojo there for me. So I like making movies. I, I, I tried to get um, a, a movie studio built there, and then Elon Musk came in, and all the money I got for the movie studio, I got $80 million. They put it into the Tesla Corporation, which then ironically drained all the water out of the city. So wonderful. Now back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. It was Nicholas Cage on Jimmy Kimmel a couple weeks ago. Did he say what I think he just said? The Tesla drained all the water out of Las Vegas, and then I think my favorite part of that thing is just Kimmel was like, "Wonderful, <laughs> like okay." Okay, good enough. Well, was he validating what he was saying, or he's just like, I don't know what to say. No, this guy's insane. A hundred percent. He was just like, oh, wonderful, good, okay. Let's talk about your movie. I mean, you know what you're getting into. Of course you do. We love Nick, or, oh, or we, we esteemed citizen, Las yeah. Vegas hometown hero, another sure. one of our hometown heroes. Everyone, anyone, athlete, former star, current star, whatever, hometown hero. And, and, he adds to our community. And he is a true Las Vegan. I mean, he's at local spots all the time. Oh, he's he is. talking it up on oh, different yeah. uh, shows and you know podcasts and everything. He does. He's great. He, he's a Vegas guy. Yeah. The, the, I don't the, know that. The new, the new Rat Pack, but I think they broke up. Wait, who else is in that? Uh, Nick Cage, Vince Neal, and maybe Carrot Top, but I don't know. There's... There's always something with what that a, with that mix there. What a crew! Yeah, it's a real motley crew. <laughs> oh, 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 that was good. Yes. Uh, so schedule release day is tomorrow, and, and I know there are a lot of people who are like, "Oh, who cares? It's May." As Adam just pointed out, uh, the NFL is big business, and it costs a lot of money to go to games. And and people build weekends; they build their fall 
build their vacation schedule around going to games. And if you're a gigantic fan, you do not want to be caught in a position where, you know, you're paying through the freaking nose. So I was saying to you, I already, I had locked in two games this coming season. Once I saw the opponents uh, months ago with someone who already had tickets, sure. You know, season ticket holder. And I'm like, I, I want these games. Can I get them please? Hmm. You know, the games, you know, at least one of the games. Uh, Oh, chargers. Right. I mean, this isn't necessarily for me. No. Yeah, Chargers game because the SO is a Chargers fan. And I will tell you, last year, I waited until the last minute to try to get Chargers tickets. I didn't buy them uh, a couple of days in advance. I was looking forward to game day, and I'm like, "Ah, I'm just going to have to buy them and bite the bullet. And then we both got COVID. Damn. So got a little bit sick for a few days, but also probably saved $1,000. Sure. Uh, Niners? No, it's more random. I just thought it would be a good game. And also, I... I try to be respectful where if I'm going to buy someone's tickets, I don't want to like take the best games. So I try to try to buy something mid-level. So it's actually the Cardinals. Okay. I thought the Cardinals game would be a good game. And I thought the person wouldn't be, you know, because I'm sure this person, you know, if they don't, they don't want to go to games, they could get a lot more money. So I, sure. I basically paid face value, which is, I, believe me, it's going to be a bargain in the end. So. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, and you know, for road trips, I agree with you. The the best road trip because we both love New Orleans. Oh, and I go regardless. I go every year. Um, I don't think I need to go twice in the fall, but that's going to be an awesome trip. Nashville too. Nashville is, you know, I've 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 busted on Nashville for doing the whole Nash Vegas thing, but Nashville is actually it's awesome. That the tourist area is pretty cool. I mean, Pittsburgh stinks. Seattle, not. I would. I actually, I haven't been to Pittsburgh since I was in college. Stinks. I would. Depending on the timing of it, I would go back. Oof. What else for a road trip? Well, I mean, Jacksonville, I've already I've said is the worst. It's the second worst yeah, NFL market behind Cincinnati. I mean, but but that said, it could be the cheapest ticket if you can get there. Sure. Because then you have you, a tough time then, getting there. Then you have to go to. Well, it was it was when the entire world was shut down. There was four, oh, okay. there was there was I think I've talked about this. There was literally fourteen people on my flight. And I had to fly to Orlando and drive up. I mean, both LA games are will be cool. Um, I think the Chargers fans will fight back a little bit and have you know more of a presence there. I think the Rams fans will just get overwhelmed. Yeah, there's going to be so many Raiders fans well, at the Rams game, and I don't even count division games. And then Rams is the same, you know, LA. I was just looking at road trips. So I would look, I would say Jacksonville, New Orleans, Seattle, Pittsburgh, and Nashville. New Orleans and Nashville are the clear winners. Seattle, eh, it's it's fine, but it's not great. Pittsburgh stinks. When's the last time you went to Seattle? I've been a lot. I have family up there. It stinks. You know what you wouldn't want to go? Hate it's not. It's gloomy, rainy. The gloom gloom kills you. I've seen the original Starbucks, which actually burned down, and there's a new one. I've seen the the fish thing thrown. I've seen the city. I love that those those are the tourist sites. <laughs> I've seen, I've the, seen the original Starbucks that burned it's, down. I've seen the city, I, and I love the way you put it. I've seen the fish being thrown. <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. All right. It's so bad. It's so that's all there is—the is fish being thrown in the original Star. Uh, there's actually a cool seafood place over by that big uh, Ferris wheel. There's there's a couple spots. It's fine. I've been there a lot, so it's okay. Now back to the water being drained out of Vegas. What's going on here? Could Tesla. someone have told me Tesla? I had no idea. This guy yeah. controls that much. Yeah, I feel like that has more impact than him buying Twitter. Well, he hasn't bought it. It's not done yet. I don't think. I still don't think it's going to go through. But yeah, yeah. he has not. I saw people yesterday. Like, Twitter seems the same. Like, 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 okay, <laughs> settle down. Settle down. 
Did they think it was going to change overnight? Well, it's first of all, it's it's a like a at least like a six month process, I think, to <laughs> put the sale through, and then he's got like things to do. It seems <laughs> like yes, you gonna work on this or not? Come on, Elon. Like all right, let's come on. <clears throat> I found some numbers. Um, actually, I found them by uh, just following Josh Dubow, and uh, these were projections according to Mike Clay numbers for the Raiders individual numbers. So with the schedule release coming up, let's get juiced up by looking at some stats. Nerd. Derek Carr, 4,146 yards, 27 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. That 27 to 12 doesn't look super impressive until you remember that. I think this past year was 20 and 14. Am I low on the 20? Seems low. It feels pretty low. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we need to look up music now. I can find it pretty quickly. There we go. It's here. I told you. 23 and 14. And the lost fumbles. Yeah, was it five lost fumbles? Was it was it a 19 total turnovers? It seemed like 12, but yeah, I think it was yeah. five. Okay. And last year... 4,800 yards. They're, they're projecting only 41, 46 in the air. It seems low. I think I'd go over on that. Now, this is just one guy's projection. These numbers will be out at Sportsbooks. Well, it's also a new system. Okay. Keep and, going. And you, you can convince me well, to go 700 under what he threw for well, last year. And, I mean, your projection is always going to be low, like no matter what, because you have to there, – there is the possibility he misses games. So like you can't, which is wow. Well, that last year was pretty low, and we're like, well, they're kind of basing that on. It seemed like they were basing it on about fourteen and a half games played. I think it was two years ago. So with, two years with, ago. Mar- with we were like, oh, Mariota's going to start a few of them. That didn't work out. No, and he didn't steal much time from him either. With no. the Mariota package. No, couple, couple plays here and there. Yeah. So forty-eight hundred down to forty-one forty-six. It's it's a significant drop off, but like you said, you, I mean, you can't. That won't be the number at the books. No. The books will have what you think forty three fifty forty four hundred, maybe. But again, you if you if you put it at the top end of the projection, everyone in the world is going to bet under because right. there's just that chance. So you get hurt, you miss two or three games, and all of a sudden you you cash no matter what. So you have to be a little bit conservative on the projections, uh, the way that those things play out. Plus, they've got fourteen running backs, so they're going to have to give them time too. Twelve interceptions over under. Oof, I think over. Okay, and I'll say that for a couple of reasons. First of all, we saw interceptions last year, uh, but also, um, if you think about the way that this division is expected to play out, which is a ton of scoring, uh, the Raiders' defense isn't great. You would think that they're going to get in some real shootouts, and you're going to have to push the ball downfield quite a bit. So I would think that there's going to be more mistakes made. All right, I wanted to go back and check the uh, the fumbles lost number. It was five. I hate to say it, and I wouldn't bet it right now, but based on what I see right now with the offensive line, I might bet over. Over five loss fumbles, which again, that's, you know, a lot of those are coin flip opportunities, but how are you feeling about the offensive line? Is that why you walked out to Incognito at UFC and you're like, yeah. Fun guy to cover. Might need you in town. Well, I was asking, I was asking if he's playing anywhere, yeah. not for the Raiders. Um, which, which just outraged social media. <laughs> Why are you talking to him? Um, yeah. I th- so it's an issue, but it was an issue going into last year. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, the line or the fumbles? The line. Both. Both. Yeah, yeah both were. Yeah. And and the line wasn't great. They found a way um, to, you know, make, make the playoffs last year and overcoming a lot of obstacles and a lot of odds, and they made the playoffs. So it's it's not significantly worse. Um, You know, I would, I would be much more comfortable if I was them with some kind of upgrades there, but – um, it's no, it's no worse than it was last year. And you've got, you know, Leatherwood in a second year and we know how bad that was the first couple of games last year. And it steadied a little bit. Um, I, I think they can make improvements. They, I'm sure they're still in the market for guys if they're available. Uh, but you know, I, I, I don't think you freak out about it the way that we kind of were last year because they found a way. Could you actually see third round pick Dylan Parham inside Denzel Good inside a guard and Leatherwood back out to right tackle. Potentially, there's a Luminor there also. Or does Brandon Parker have a better chance to play? I mean, I think Brandon Parker is is a guy that they like. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it, it. I think it really because they have so many interchangeable pieces that can play different places. I think it does put them in a little bit better position where they can just find you know find the best guys you want to have on the field and then find a place to put them. I think that's probably the plan for what they're going to do right now. Josh Jacob rushing yards, projection of 1,005 yards. Under, under, under. One more time? Under, under, under. Why? There's 19 guys. This is the Patriots' way. Again, this is not a knock on Josh Jacobs at all. I think Josh Jacobs is really good. But clearly, they are going in a direction of, we're going to have a bunch of different guys. We're going to have interchangeable pieces. It's going to be game plan specific and you know, you're never going to know who's going to be the lead back each week. That's what the Patriots did, and it looks like that's what they want to do here. So you going to be cool with this as long as we're winning? I wouldn't be. It's kind of a bad year for it to happen. Yeah, it's a contract year. Right. It sucks. Right. So I wouldn't be. Yeah. If he is, he's a better person than I. Well, I don't know if he is or not, but I don't think you would complain publicly. So you're giving him a lot of credit. But I probably would. No, you would What, if you had a radio show, you would just sneak in subtle digs? I mean, yes. you're still doing a show? Adam, Adam Hill show. Here's a big running back. Give me the rock. I got a contract to sign. Devontae Adams, 99 catches. Over. Okay. 1,193 yards. It's a little bit tougher. Okay. Seven touchdowns. Over. Wow, look at you. You're very bullish. I mean. Devontae Adams. Look, if my best 100 friend, catches, if, seven plus touchdowns, according to Adam Hill. I'm, in May, guarantee, lock it, bet it. It's a guarantee. Uh, if, if my best friend was playing quarterback and I was that good, I would probably go over too. Like. It'd be dinner dinner time on Tuesday night. We're hanging out at each other's house. I'm like, uh, throw me the ball in the red zone, bro. Hunter Renfro, 82 catches, 839. He had uh, over 100 catches, and uh, he, he got past 1,000 yards last year. Yeah. I might go under. As much as I like Hunter Renfro, Ooh. and he is, I think he's going to benefit some from Devonta Adams being there and taking some of the coverage away. Um, I just think Devonta Adams is going to be such a focal point of everything that they do. I think everybody else's numbers suffer. Damn. Hunter Renfro... 1,038 yards on 103 catches. Do the math. Pretty easy to figure out. What math? Oh, yards per carry. Yards per catch. Sorry. Oh, okay. Darren Waller, 71 catches. Nine seventeen, six touchdowns. Unfortunately, I would go under two for the same reason. I, I just think, and this is under this is 71. part of why this is part of why. Well, first of all, he had some injury problems last year, and I don't know if that that's necessarily going to be better. Um, and this is why. You know, I, I thought there was a good chance that he was going to try to ask for a trade, not because of anything else, but like he's already very underpaid. You would think his numbers are going to take a hit from playing on a team that has Renfro and Adams catching the ball the vast majority of the time. Now, yes, he should have some focus taken off of him and he should get open, but um, I, I just think it's going to be a tough spot to be in 
to have all those targets, like who's going to be left out? And I think sometimes it's going to be Waller. Tune in to Raider Nation Radio 920 shortly after this show ends. 6.50 pregame, 7.05 first pitch. The Aviators are back in town. They're taking on the Salt Lake Bees. Excellent uh, excellent pitching matchup. And as I was saying earlier, Joe Adele, you know, good uh, prospect for the Angels is in the game. And obviously with the Aviators, there have been guys going back and forth to Oakland. I think Oakland's now had 18 players debut as rookies with the big squad. 7.05 first pitch. It's Bark in the Park, and it's part of a, a long series. It goes through the weekend. So check it out at the LV Ballpark. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag, only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Let's get into it. My last over-under for the Raiders for today. Stat nerd time with the schedule coming out tomorrow. Predicting what kind of season they're going to have. Chandler Jones, over-under nine and a half sacks. Oof. I think over. Really? Yeah. You're loving this new 3-4 look? A lot of passing. A lot of passing in this division. I could buy that. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I don't know anything about Wordle. I don't know what has happened. I know it got bought for a lot of money. I don't know any. I don't know what's happening. I don't think I'm ever going to look into it. But I've said that before. Maybe I will. I was so mad two days ago because I forgot to do it. So I lost my streak. What happened? Wasn't there some controversy? Yeah. Well, you get it's one word a day. Okay. So everybody gets one word for 24 hours, and then it moves on to a new word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a couple of days ago, the word like the words are planned way in advance, like I think months at this point in advance, and it just sets every day. And the word was fetus. Whoa! And whoa, whoa. all of a sudden, it became much let's, more controversial let's, word. Let's nix that. Please. So it's, it's just five-letter words for those that don't know it, and you yeah. try to guess what it is based on the letters, and you have six guesses. It's a whole thing. But, yeah, the word was fetus. So they changed it, like, about a week ago when, you know, obviously the the debate started heating up about the potential Supreme Court decision and, and, and Roe versus Wade and all that. But – a lot of people, and I don't understand like internetcation, like you know, changing different things. But if you haven't updated your your, um, I guess your internet service, not service, uh, whatever, whatever it is, some people haven't updated their um, provider. That's not it either. Whatever it is, <laughs> the operating system. Thank you. Uh, so if you haven't updated that in the last couple of days, then it's still kept with the old word, and some people got the word, and people were flipping out. It was, it was pre-done. They changed it. A lot of people didn't have their other updated operating system, so that's all that happened. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Did you see the umpire who uh, caressed and massaged Mad Bum's hand to coax him into anger and throw him out of the game? He apologized. Sure. It wasn't very strong. Okay. Not good enough for you? It's like, Apology not accepted? Yeah, sorry, bro. No, it wasn't enough. Uh, Yankees, Blue Jays yesterday. Problem? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was ugly again. I mean, look. There was a hit batter after a home run, and so oftentimes you look and say, well, is that on purpose? We have to do something here. And the umpires decided in a tie game that it was intentional, and they had to throw out the pitcher, which then led to also throwing out the manager and the pitching coach who were mad about it. And the justification for throwing them out in a tie game was, well, there was some argument going on earlier in the game between the catcher and the hitter, and we thought it had to do with that. Like, no. It was it was completely coincidental hit by pitch. Silly, without a warning, to throw throw somebody out. That's awful. It's not good. No. If they apologize, are you okay? 
No. Apologies are almost never accepted by Adam Hill from officials. Get no. it right the first time. Yeah, or like have some responsibility. Suspend them. Uh, did you send a card or at least a text? No. For Willie. It's his birthday today. According to who? Member of the company. Are we so sure? A lot of chatter. A lot of chatter going on on social media. Chatter from who? Uh, I just see Willie thanking people. Oh. So it's his birthday. All right. You want to do a shout out instead of a text? Happy birthday, Willie. There you go. All right. Willie's in tomorrow. Day after his birthday. Can, you, sure can you play that for him? Uh, Happy yeah. birthday, Willie. Wait. Clear it out. Clear it out. Go. Last seconds. Just want to say happy birthday, bro.